All right. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And I want to speak to you from the text found in that particular verse, Matthew 24, 14. And let's read it together. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Okay, I want you to actually read it after me, okay? Say, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. If you read the context of that particular verse, Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 1, you will see that Jesus spoke this after his disciples asked him a question. And the question they asked was, when shall these things be? What would be the signs of the end? Prior to that, in, in, in verse 1 and verse 2, Jesus uh, made and proclaimed a prophecy. It was a prophecy concerning the temple. The disciples pointed to the temple. And the temple had been in existence now for oh, more than 400 plus years. And they, they, they showed him all this, the buildings of the temple. Then Jesus gave a prophecy, verse, verse 2. He says, do you not see all the things? You see this temple? He said, I want you to know for sure, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Uh, we got to visit Israel. I got to visit Israel a number of years ago, and we went to where the temple was, the Temple Mount. That, that prophecy was fulfilled. It was fulfilled in 70 AD, oh, maybe about 40 years after Jesus prophesied it. So Jesus looked at this building, a massive building that had been in existence for over 400 something years, and said, This is going to be destroyed completely. 40 years later, what he said came to pass. How many of you know Jesus knows all things? Amen. And when Jesus declares something will happen, it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. So by the way, if there are some promises that he has made to you, hold on. It shall surely come to pass. For no word goes out of his mouth without the power to fulfill itself. He prophesied it, and it happened. But that was not the only prophecy. In Matthew 24, 14, he also prophesied. Go back to 24, 14. This is what he said. He said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. How many of you know that the same one who prophesied the destruction of the temple, and it came to pass, is the one who prophesied that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. How many of you know it's going to come to pass? It's coming to pass now and it shall be fulfilled in spite of all that is happening, in spite of what you hear, in spite of what you see. And sometimes when you look at what's happening in the world and you hear what's happening, you can think that somehow... We're failing. 
that somehow we're losing. But I want you to hear what the master said. In spite of what you hear, in spite of what you see. This gospel, say this gospel, of the kingdom will be preached. Now, if you, if you read the rest of the chapter prior to this, he described a lot of things that he said would characterize the end time. He said, you're going to hear about wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> How many of you know that's what we're hearing about? Wars and rumors of wars. He says, you're going to hear about famine. You're going to hear about earthquakes and natural disasters. My goodness, it's happening. Earthquakes, floods, fires. I mean, every day it seems like there's something else. And because of the, 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 the development and the expansion of communication now through the internet and televisions, I mean, everywhere it's happening, you're hearing about it. It's happening. He says there's going to be great tribulation. He says we are going to be persecuted. He says Christians are going to be persecuted. And they're being persecuted right now in many parts of the world. And if you are honest, you will realize that it's happening more and more here. He says you'll be hated. And there will be people who will betray one another. He said the love of many will actually grow cold. One of the, one of the things that you can see, I think this pandemic really to me showed it, you know, how the love of many for Christ and for his church is growing cold. So indeed, these things are happening. But Jesus said, those are the beginnings of sorrows. He says, those things are happening, but he says, that's not the end yet. He says, the thing that will precipitate and indicate that the end is just around the corner is when this gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Hear me, the end will come. It is sure, it is certain. This world we're living in is passing away. This world we're living in is going to be consumed by fire. It's going to come to an end, an abrupt end. And a new heavens and a new earth will be created by him. That is sure to come. But before that happens, this will happen. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Hear me, the most important thing happening right now on the face of this, this earth is the gospel of the kingdom is being preached. You see, this is God's agenda. This is God's mission. This is God's purpose. This is the thing that God is most concerned about right now is that the gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, all ethnicities, black and white and Hispanic, all languages, all ethnic groups, all tribes, Jews and Gentiles. 
what God is laser focused on right now in this world is making sure that this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all nations. Jesus 2,000 years ago spoke it and is going to come to pass. And I believe with all of my heart, one of the reasons he raised us up, one of the reasons he's called me to do what I'm doing and called you to do what you're doing and called us together and gave us this assignment to win the loss at all costs and to make as many disciples for Christ as we possibly can in our generation to work together for a world where no one will live or die without Christ is because he is laser focused on this prophecy being fulfilled. We have been called and chosen by him to work together with his spirit and to work together with one another and with the other members of the body of Christ to make sure that this gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world to be a witness to all nations. Yes, we must preach it here and may God grant us the grace to preach it more right in our Jerusalem. But even as we preach this gospel here, we've got to have an eye for the world because this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. This is what God is doing. And if we are going to walk with him, we got to be in agreement with his agenda. Let us not be distracted by all of the other things that are important and all of the things that we do have to do. Yes, we got to take care of ourselves. Yes, we got to take care of our children. Yes, we got to take care of our family. Yes, we got to do all of those things. But none of those things should cause us to be uh, blinded or cause us to neglect this prophecy which Jesus declared and which we are called to work together with him to fulfill. Amen. Say this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Preached by who? You know, Isaiah had a revelation in Isaiah chapter 6. He saw the glory of the Lord. It filled the temple. And when he saw the glory of the Lord, he became aware of his own sinfulness. He said, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people with unclean lips. And then one of the seraphim went and got a hot coal off the altar and placed it upon his lips. And the seraphim declared to him, now that this coal has been placed upon your lips, your lips are not clean and your sins are not removed. And then he heard the voice of God say, who will go for us? Who will go for us? I pray that you're hearing that voice today. Who will go for us? Who shall we send? And Isaiah now, having been cleansed by the Lord of his iniquity and his sins, responded and said, here am I. Send me. Oh, that's my prayer. May God grant you and grant me as individuals and us together as a church. May we with one voice respond to the question, who shall I send? Who will go for us? May we respond with that one voice in unison. May we say to him, here I am. And here we are.
Send me. Send us. For this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all the world. But what is this gospel of the kingdom? What is it? You know, there's a time when you could say something and just assume everybody had the same understanding. I, I, I would not have thought that I would need to take time to actually clarify what I am convinced the scriptures teach concerning the gospel of the kingdom. But I need to. Because just recently I was talking to someone who, who is part of us. I, by that I mean full gospel, uh, even con, you know, a, a son of mine, really spiritually, who has a completely different view of what the gospel of the kingdom is than I have. And just a few days ago I decided to listen to uh, someone that I think all of us, or most of us know, uh, a minister who taught a lot about the kingdom. And a lot of charismatic ministers, full gospel ministers, have been influenced tremendously by his teaching and his preaching and his books on the kingdom. Does a wonderful job in, 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 in area leadership. A man who I believe loves God. But I was listening to one of his sermons on the kingdom as I was preparing, and I was disturbed, to say the least, by some of the things I heard him say. He was saying that the true gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. I don't argue with that. He says, this is the gospel Jesus preached. I don't argue with that. That is true. But then he went beyond that to say that the reason church is boring, the reason why people are not being saved, is because instead of preaching the good news of the kingdom, we are preaching Calvary. We are preaching the resurrection. He says, you know, people don't want to hear about no blood. Those are good things, but that's not the good news. In fact, he said, Jesus preached the kingdom and Jesus never preached himself. But we are preaching Jesus when Jesus is only the door into the kingdom. And so you spend all your time worshiping the door, paying attention to the door instead of the kingdom. And I, I saw, uh, amen, hallelujah, preacher brother. Oh, what a revelation. Jesus merely the door? Jesus preached the kingdom. He didn't preach himself. The reason why Christianity is boring is because we're talking about Calvary and the blood and the resurrection and not about the kingdom. My goodness. 
When I read what Jesus has to say, I don't know how you can end up saying Jesus didn't preach himself. Because he did preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then he went on to say, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Okay? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And if you believe in me and you die, you will rise again. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, but the wrath of God abides in him. Wait a minute. How does he say all of that? And then you say, he didn't preach himself. It seems to me he says the kingdom is at hand and then started to preach himself. Because the truth is, there's no kingdom without the king. And the kingdom is only as good as the king. Are you hearing me? If the king is weak, the kingdom will be weak. If the king is poor, the kingdom will be poor. If the kingdom is wicked, or the king is wicked, the kingdom will be wicked. And that's, he, he shared, and, and, and he shared that how he was preaching this, and all of these learned men, clergy, you know, heard him, and one of these learned men raised their hand and said, wait a minute, I disagree. And said to him, well, but the Apostle Paul, I disagree. Apostle Paul said, we preach Christ, crucified. And he said, he waited, he listened, and then he said, but that's Paul. That's not Jesus. Wait a minute. All of a sudden now, you're going to put Paul and Jesus on, on opposite sides? All of a sudden now, the message that Paul is preaching is inferior to the message of the kingdom because Jesus preached it? May I share with you what Paul had to say about the message that he preached? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look at 1 to 4. Hallelujah. Are you, are you ready? Let's read together. I want you to read it with me. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received, and in fact, let me say this before I forget it. One of the things he said was that all of these things, Calvary, blood, cross, all of that, that's not the gospel. That somehow Satan deceived, not us, but even Paul and them, the early church, to take their focus off the kingdom and get their focus on Jesus and Calvary on the resurrection. Now, let's see what Paul had to say. 
Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach. Now, that's the gospel that this minister is claiming is not the true gospel. Because the gospel you're supposed to preach is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive in which you, in which you are, this is the gospel in which you stand. In other words, if you're not standing in this gospel, you're not standing. Let's see the content of it. By which you are, oh, oh this is the only gospel by which you are saved. If you hold fast that word which, who preach? I, he didn't even say Jesus, I preach to you unless you believed in vain. So, so either the New Testament, most of it is not inspired. These are just the words of Paul and ought not to be taken seriously. Or there is a misunderstanding here in terms of what the gospel of the kingdom is. Next verse. For I deliver to you, first of all, which I also what? Okay, talk to me. I also what? Oh, Paul said, I didn't come up with this stuff. I received it. What did Paul receive? So this is the gospel that Paul preached, right? That Christ died for our sins according to the Oh, hallelujah. So the gospel Paul preached focused on one, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Next verse. And he was buried and, and that's important, that he rose again the third grade, the third day according to the, so Paul said his gospel, which he received, not which he made up, was that Christ died for our sins. That he was buried, meaning he was really dead. And then on the third day, he rose again according to the, not according to my own thinking. In other words, Paul said, I'm preaching the word of God. And this gospel I received. So again, I was talking to one of my sons about this. And he gave the same answer when I was challenging him about his understanding of the gospel of the kingdom. And I pointed out to Paul. He gave the same answer. That's Paul. That sounds like the liberals that we criticize. We say, this is what the word of God says. They say, well, that's the Bible. <laughs> we're, we're enlightened now. Because really, if you say, okay, this is what Paul preaches, but, but I am going to go with what Jesus preached. Not only are you saying Paul and Jesus are preaching two different messages, you are actually saying you are more enlightened. You know better than Paul. Because had Paul known what you knew, Paul would not have been preaching what he preached. Uh, but we're not going to stop there. Go to Galatians chapter 1, because I want you to see what the Apostle Paul had to say. Let's look at verse 11 and 12. Galatians 1, 11 and 12. Ready? 
read together. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached, the gospel I preached, was, is not, what does that mean? It means I didn't come up with this. No man taught me this. Next verse. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came what? Through the revelation of Jesus Christ. How then do you read this and say, well, that was just Paul, and Paul's teaching is not on par with Jesus' teaching. And since Jesus preached the kingdom, we need to go with what Jesus went with and not with what Paul. When Paul just said that what he preached he received it directly from Jesus Christ. So it's not a matter of Jesus and Paul. It's Jesus and Jesus. Right? It's Jesus and Jesus. Here's what you need to understand. Jesus preached the kingdom. Absolutely. He preached the kingdom of God. He sent his disciples to preach the kingdom of God. He told us to preach the kingdom of God. The question is, what is the content of the message of the kingdom. And the mistake that many are making because many oppose the gospel of grace saying no, the true message is the message of the kingdom. Wait a minute. These are not two messages. These are not two gospels. It's not one gospel of the kingdom, another gospel of grace. It's one gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that gospel, there's the message of the kingdom and there's the message of the grace of God or the grace of of Jesus Christ is one message. Jesus preached the kingdom, but Jesus himself said, there's so many things I want to tell you. I can't tell you now. You're not ready. I have to die first. I have to deal with your sins. The Holy Spirit has to come inside of you. Then I will be able to reveal to you more fully the message. So what did Jesus do? He introduced the message of the kingdom, but he did not complete it. He let them know that we are going to talk more about this and what the content of this message is. Hallelujah. And then, after his death, he began to unfold the full message of the kingdom. And as he unfolded the full message of the kingdom, lo and behold, the message of the kingdom is the message concerning Jesus Christ, who he is, what he accomplished, what he makes available to us. So go now to, to, to Acts chapter 20, verse 24. All right, let's read it together. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may do what? Finish my race with joy and the what? The ministry which I receive from who? The Lord Jesus Christ. To so do what? Testify. That means to preach and proclaim what? The gospel of the grace of God. So it's, wait a minute. Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And then Jesus tells Peter to preach, and Paul, to preach the gospel of the grace of God. Either Jesus is contradicting himself and giving Paul a gospel different from the one that he said should be preached, or the gospel of the grace of God and the gospel of the kingdom are one and the same. 
Are you listening to me? Thank you for standing, evangelist. I appreciate that. Let, let, me, let me share with you a number of ways this gospel is referred to in Scripture. Listen to this. It's referred to as the gospel of Jesus Christ in Mark 1. It's referred to as the gospel of the grace of God in Acts 20 24. It's referred to as the gospel of God in Romans 1 1. It's referred to as the glorious gospel in 2 Corinthians 4 4. It's referred to as the gospel of your salvation in Ephesians 1 13. It's referred to as the gospel of peace in Ephesians 6 15. So you got all of these different references. Are these all different gospels? Or are all these many ways to describe that one gospel? So when he calls it the gospel of peace, he's saying this is the good news that brings peace. And what is the good news that brings peace? Jesus died for your sins. Jesus was buried. Jesus arose from the dead. Are you hearing me? That good news brings peace. It's the gospel of salvation because this is the gospel that brings salvation. What is the gospel that brings salvation? Jesus died for your sins. Jesus was buried. God raised Jesus from the dead. What is the gospel of the kingdom of God? Jesus, 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 Jesus. So now go to Acts 28, verse 30 and 31. Let's read that. Paul is in, a, he's in prison, right? And he, 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 he's coming to the end of his life. And this is why he writes. Together, let's read it. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house. Preaching. What did Paul preach? What did Jesus preach? And doing what? Teaching. Oh, so this is how you preach the kingdom of God. You teach the things concerning Jesus Christ. What are the things concerning Jesus Christ? Jesus died for your sins. Jesus was buried. God raised Jesus from the dead. And if you believe in him, you shall be saved. Oh, no, no, no. There are not two different gospels. One called the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached, which is the true gospel. And then the gospel Paul preached, which is inferior because Paul is not the son of God. It's just Paul. That's nonsense. The gospel of the kingdom is all about the king. Whenever you are preaching the goodness and the greatness of Jesus, you are preaching the good news of the kingdom. Whenever you preach about the glory and the grace of Jesus, you're preaching the good news of the kingdom. Say hallelujah. Because this is what you're saying. You're saying to sinners, the kingdom of God is here. And here's the good news. The king is willing to accept you or welcome you into his kingdom as citizens. And bring you under his protection and under his loving care. Hallelujah. And he's willing to do it by grace, apart from works. Because, listen to me, the bad news is no one can enter the kingdom who is an adulterer, 
a fornicator, a liar. No one can enter the kingdom who's a thief. Are you hearing me? And you know that lying is, uh, killing is not just physical. You kill with your thoughts. You're angry with other cause. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, you know, what does he need to do to enter the kingdom? Jesus said, okay, here are all the things that you need to do. Don't steal, don't kill, don't do all of that. He says, you know, I've done all of that. And wish he were lying, but Jesus didn't even. Jesus said, okay, I will let you believe that. I've done all of that. Jesus said, okay, I will accept that. Since that's your testimony, I'm not going to argue. But there's one more thing you still need to do. There's something you still lack. Go sell everything you have. And the Bible says, that for that one, he couldn't. Here's the truth. Are you any better than that rich young ruler? Are you, can you stand before Jesus and say, I, I've kept all of these commandments from the time I was a child? Because if you do it, you would join him in lying too. But after you listed all of your works, Jesus would still say, there's still one more thing you lack. Because here's the reality, we always fall short. And so by the works of the Lord, no man shall be justified. And you cannot enter the kingdom with sin. So how are you going to enter? The rich young ruler walked and left. The disciples turned to Jesus. Jesus, if that man can't make it, <laughs> because I guess he must have been a moral person. And then they believed back then that one of the signs of God's favor was wealth. So if you have money and men, God favors you. So this man who has money, who God favors, and this man who we know to be very moral, he doesn't commit adultery, at least we don't know he has, he's faithful to his wife. If this man cannot enter the kingdom, oh, <laughs> Peter said, with my foul mouth, <laughs> with my fisherman language, <laughs> and Matthew said, the way I, you know, that tax thing, the way I cheated the government with my, on my taxes, <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Just act like you, 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 you never. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so. If this guy can't, what hope is there for us? And Jesus said, "With man, it's impossible." Yes, the truth. It's impossible for you or for me to enter the kingdom, become citizens of the kingdom. Come under the protection and the care of the king based upon, we cannot qualify because the, the, the requirement for entering this kingdom is righteousness. So Jesus says, with man it's impossible, don't even try it. But then he didn't stop there, thank God. Here's the good news. Here's the good news of the kingdom. Here's the good news being proclaimed by the king. Yeah, it's the good news that is going out and being proclaimed and it's supposed to be preached to all the world with God. Amen. With God, all things are possible. With God, the sinner who falls short can become the righteousness of God in Christ. The man who by his works is disqualified can be qualified by God on the basis of the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And today, you who are not qualified, you who on the basis of your sins are doomed to damnation and hell, here is the good news. If you will believe on the Son of God, that he died for your sins, he was buried, and that God on the third day raised him from the dead, 
Are you listening to me? Thereby proving that his sacrifice was accepted and sufficient and that God has now justified you and declared you righteous. Oh, sinner, lost man, lost woman, doomed for hell. If you will believe this good news concerning the good, the great, the glorious, and the gracious Savior, you shall be saved. Say hallelujah. Glory. That is the gospel of the kingdom. Did we go to 28? Did we, did we get through? Acts 28? Go there quickly. So what did Paul preach? The gospel of the kingdom. And when you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom, you're preaching what? The things concerning the Lord Jesus. So that's why Paul preaching the same gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached. But preaching it more fully. Because Jesus now has revealed the gospel of the kingdom to him more fully. Paul said, we preach Christ. He says, he says, to the Jews, that message of Christ, he died, he was buried, and he rose for our justification. He died for our sins, Christ crucified. He says to the Jews, that's a stumbling block. They can't, no. You know, again, this, this, this minister said, you know, you don't go in no boardroom and talk about blood and talk about, because, you know, they don't want to hear that. That's exactly what Paul is saying. You preach this, and there's some folks who said, blood? Cross? We don't want to hear that. To the Greeks, foolishness. I mean, I'm CEO of this company. I'm a millionaire. I'm a billionaire. We're making decisions concerning the world and concerning nations. And you come and talk to us about Calvary, about a man who died and who was buried and who arose. That is foolishness. Paul said to the Greeks, it's foolishness. But to us, oh, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To us, that what? Believe this gospel. Christ is the power of God, and Christ is the wisdom of God. And I'm not ashamed of this gospel, for it is the power of God. It sounds like we are ashamed to talk about Calvary and the blood when we're in the presence of these sophisticated people. We need to talk about the kingdom and not talk about the blood. Let me ask you something. If you met, is his name, I, I'm sorry, Elon, is his name Elon? Elon Musk or Bill Gates, these guys with billions of dollars, assuming they're also physically healthy. If you don't preach Calvary, if you don't preach the blood, what, what do you have to say to them? They don't need your money. If you come talking about kingdom and how I can show you, 
how to establish the kingdom and how to get bigger and how to get well you know <laughs> I can you sit down man let me teach you so you're trying to win them by impressing them concerning how much you know about leadership and business and government and kingdom we got nothing to say to them if the gospel of the kingdom is about wealth and power, wealth and power and influence and dominion over if that's the gospel you got nothing to offer those people that gospel is just for poor people but the gospel he died he was buried and God raised him from the dead and if you believe in him you will be saved saved from what? the wrath that is to come. So Jesus prophesied, folks, and Jesus said, the end will come. And that's why this gospel of the kingdom must be preached because it is only this gospel of the kingdom that can save men from the wrath that is to come. Hear me. If you are on an airplane that you know is doomed to crash into a mountain and explode, the only way you are going to live is to make sure you do what you can to get off that plane just as fast as you can. If you haven't left the gate yet, get up and say, look, take me off this plane now. If it's already in the air, I hope you have a parachute and you know how to use it. Because if that thing is doomed to hit a mountain and explode, you're going to go down with it. This earth you're in and on, this world we're part of, is doomed. Are you hear me? And only those who are in the kingdom, because they have accepted the invitation of the king and have submitted to the lordship of the kingdom will escape. So if you're here today and you haven't taken seriously the warning, the prophecy, this age will end, this world will end, it will explode, it will be consuming fire. If you haven't taken that seriously and you're just relaxing, today is the day of salvation. Hear the loving, merciful kindness and generosity of the king. Today, he is inviting you into his kingdom. And he's saying, you don't have to merit it, earn it, or deserve it. I have already taken care of your sin debt. It is paid in full. The judgment that was due you, I've taken care of that too. Now it's the time. It's the acceptable time. Here's the good news. You can now become a citizen of the kingdom and come under my protection and under my care. And if you will enter the kingdom and if you will take my gift of righteousness, you won't even have to worry about the things that Gentiles chase after because I will see to it in my kingdom that everything you have need of for life and godliness will be added unto you.
Say hallelujah. So the mistake they make is to separate the gospel of the kingdom from the gospel of grace, from the gospel of Jesus Christ, from the gospel of joy, from the gospel of peace, from the gospel of, of salvation. It's not two gospels. It's one gospel. And, and the way you preach it is to preach Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Let me close with this example and I'm done. Go to Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, Philip is preaching. Again, I want you to see because every time they preach the kingdom, they preach Christ and wonderful things happen. Let's read. Therefore, those who were scattered went now that's 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 good that's good example for us, right? Wherever we go, because when we leave here, we're going to be what scattered. You go into your house. I'm going to mine. Some of you go into restaurants. Amen. Some are going to your friends. Some are going to work. We're we're scattered all over this place. It will be a wonderful and great thing if, when we are scattered, we do what they did. Do what. Preach the word. The word concerning the king. Next verse. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And, and what did he preach? He preached what? Christ. Was he preaching the kingdom? But the scripture says he preached Christ to them. Let's continue. And the multitudes with one accord... He did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing. Amen. You know what? One of the things that we should allow him to do as we preach Christ, let him confirm his word with signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. Let's make a demand. The king is prepared to back his word with signs, wonders, and miracles. So as you proclaim him, pray if someone is sick. Pray if someone has a need. For some reason, he has a way of confirming that word, especially when you're proclaiming it to unbelievers. Because he doesn't want anyone to be lost. Let's go to the next verse. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was what? You see, that's one of the reasons it's called the gospel of joy. Because when it's preached and believed, it produces what? Great joy. The gospel of the kingdom is also the gospel of joy because it produces joy. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was what? How many of you know Satan is real? Oh. Those witch doctors in your villages, they can manifest some satanic powers. And if that's all you hear and that's all you see, you're going to be afraid of them. And you will see them as someone great and you will heed. Take heed. Let's look at the next verse. Next verse. To whom they what? You know all the pe those people in the villages and towns and that you come from? 
You know the old man? Or the old woman that lives near the river? Well, Simon was one of those. And everybody in the town, when they saw him coming, when he said something, they were in bondage. They were possessed. They were oppressed by his witchcraft. But then, so my goodness, Philip came in. And let's see what happens. They heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Oh, <laughs> come on, everybody, you got to say this one. <laughs> come on, everybody. There's another message. This is why this gospel must be preached because there are too many who are bound and in bondage to the Simons of this world. Bound by Satan, bound by sin, bound by guilt, bound by fear, enslaved to the world. But when they believed Philip as he preached, wait a minute, in verse 5 it said he preached Christ. Now here's the commentary, here's the interpretation of verse 5. He preached Christ, but when he was preaching Christ, the scripture says, as he preached Christ, he was actually proclaiming the king. When you preach Christ, no wonder Paul said we preach Christ crucified. When you preach Christ died, Christ arose, Christ is coming again. He is king of kings and lord of lords. When you proclaim Christ, you are proclaiming things concerning the kingdom. And he made it even more specific and the name of the authority, the dominion, and the power of the king, Jesus, the anointed one. Both men and women were baptized. I could stop there, but we need to. Then Simon himself, oh my goodness. They got power, oh, but that's a greater power. Amen. The kingdom of darkness is great, but there is a greater kingdom. Hallelujah. There is the kingdom of darkness and there is the kingdom of light. And light always overcomes darkness. I don't care how dark it is in this place. Walk in here and switch the light and the darkness leaves because the light is greater than the darkness. The kingdom of God presided over by King Jesus is greater than the kingdom of darkness. And when Philip preached Christ, they heard the message of Christ the King. They believed that he died. He was buried and he rose and by his rising overcame the power of darkness. When they believed that, they were baptized. They were amazed seeing the miracles that he did. Next verse. All right, we got stuck somewhere. But that's okay. We can stop there. The point here is the gospel of the kingdom is the preaching of Christ. And the preaching of the name of Jesus. And whenever you're proclaiming Christ, he died, he was buried, he arose. You're proclaiming the gospel. It is this gospel, my brothers and sisters, that we must preach. I spoke earlier to the man who doesn't know Christ. Now I want to speak to you and me who are already in the kingdom. If you don't know Christ, the question must be, how can I enter this kingdom? Because this is the only way of escape. If I don't Believe, I am doomed with the rest of the world. Those of us who have heard and have believed, 
What is the question now? What should occupy our mind? This gospel. Say it, this gospel. Every day that should be one of the things that is foremost on my mind. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And what is going to be my role today? To see that this gospel is preached. Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Say, Lord, send me. With your prayers, with your time, and with your treasure. Say, Lord, send me. You go where you can go and where you cannot go, help send others with your prayers and with your treasure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray that the grace of God that makes all things possible will do a work today in the hearts and minds of those who are here. And if there's anyone here who is not yet in the kingdom, may they receive the gracious offering of the king and accept his citizenship and his gift of righteousness today. And for those of us, O oh God, who are already in the kingdom, may this message do something in our hearts. Grant us the grace, Lord, to work together with you and with one another to see to it, O oh God, that this prophecy is fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs>